I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Tuesday, January 7, 2020. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. At first glance, the market really didn't do anything today, which is a true statement. The range is very, very narrow. The range means high to low is very, very narrow, which means the market really didn't do much. It didn't go anywhere. It was basically a chop shop all day long. The question is, does that really mean anything? Does it tell us anything? Can we learn anything from the market for what happened during the day? And the answer is, yes, we can. We can always learn something. What we found today, once again, is that there are certain numbers that prove to be extremely and very important. Now, you'll also notice a green line running across the screen. That wasn't there yesterday. Where does that come from? What's it doing there? Well, here's the deal with that. We're going to jump around a little bit, just through a short hop your way. Let's see what that 317.32, that's the green line. What does that represent, or why is it there? Well, it represents a gap, but that's not really the magic. Here's the reason it's there. 319.17 is a price that we've been eyeballing for quite some time. I kept saying that markets love to come back and check in at or test former breakout and former breakdown areas. Well, the 319.17, at least from where I sit, is a former breakout area. But here's the deal. The market really has been consolidating above that price, making some meager attempts to reach or even get close to that 319.17. So here's the way we read that. It can certainly be important. Price can be supported there. Buyers can show up there if price is there sooner than later. However, the reason why you see the green line down below is because it's not necessarily the highest probability thing on the board any longer. If price came straight into there, that's a different trade than if price went back and forth above that price level for several days, which is essentially what's happening. Back and forth, made a new high, came down again, never hit the 20-period moving average. I'm calling shenanigans, which is why nobody should be surprised if the market comes down over the next several days, even over the next week. Nobody should be surprised to see the market blow through 319.17. That doesn't necessarily mean on the first shot. Doesn't mean it won't be supported there from an intraday basis or beyond. What I'm saying is, it's no longer in the 80-20% camp, meaning 80% of the time, under normal garden variety market conditions, price would be supported around that 319 area. Because we've came down a few times already, came close, not close enough, it's a different situation. It's no longer in the 80-20 camp. That doesn't mean it's flipped around the other way, it's just not the same type of trade. Hence, Let's look down toward the gap, and if in fact, again, this is short-term stuff, if in fact over the next several days, let's just say this week, we saw a price down in the neighborhood of 317.32, it doesn't even have to get all the way there. If price was in that vicinity, we're going to look for the market to be supported 
in and around that zone. Doesn't have to be long, long term, just has to be on somewhat of a temporary basis. Something to give us material to talk about in these videos, something that we can sink our teeth into. What's the flip side? What's the bull case? After all, there's nothing technically wrong with the market. We already know all that. It's in an uptrend. We're above the moving averages. I know it sounds like a broken record, but it's worth repeating so we can drill the reality into our minds. We start closing hourly above yesterday's high, and they're likely going to make an attempt at the old highs from last week and potentially higher. Can they blast off and have a rocket ride to significantly new highs? No, they can't. They can play a little peekaboo above the old highs, but for the most part, they're running out of time. Here's another short hop, but there's a method to the madness. We're going to take a look at inside the numbers, but before I mention that the market is still telling us that certain numbers are important. We have another one of those numbers that we've had before. It continues to repeat over and over and over again, whether it's in the Globex pre-market slash overnight session or during the day, the number continues to repeat, which tells us something very simple. The number's a duck. It's important. A couple of other things took place today I want to make mention of. First of all, stocks on the move. There was nothing moving again early this morning. We didn't have anything on the board that hit our targets. We had a few on the board, but nothing that hit our targets. We only take trades at prices we're willing to take the trade at. However, we had something just as good. Early on the board, early this morning, look down at the bottom and says, of note, the most recent breakout area is around ES3233 and SPY3225. While slightly below the very important number mentioned for days, that's the number I was referencing before, it's still the most recent breakout area and we know what markets like to do. Come back and check in. Worthy of an honorable mention. Remember, 322.25. Now remember, this was in the pre-market morning notes. This was actually up there long before the market opened. Look where the low of day is. Here's a 15-minute chart. Here's 10 a.m. this morning, and the low of day is 322.24. How do you like them apples? But wait, there's more. Look in the middle of the page, and you see we're already focused on 32.36. Let's scroll up and see what happened as the day got going. Of course, we're harping on 32.36. It's important to have some tour guidance throughout the day, whether you've got the numbers in your back pocket or you're getting them from me, it's important. And what it does is it takes some of the surprise out when certain numbers end up getting achieved on the chart. For example, we start discussing 3243 in the northern direction, meaning the northern case or the bull case. That's after assuming and they actually did find support at what? The former breakout area. As you can see, back to the ES futures chart, again the 15 minute chart, 3243 was in fact important. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's trading activity. The net net inside the numbers members had the day's range essentially before the range took place. Do you think you can utilize information like that if you're actively trading throughout the trading day? I would tend to think so. 
We'll just scroll up and you can see what happens for the rest of the commentary. The market basically went to sleep and had a chop shop formation or traded in a chop shop formation really for the majority of the day. So there wasn't a lot of activity to be had. However, there were plenty of traders that hopped on the trade early in the morning. Because why? Using the 80-20 rule, under normal garden variety market conditions, market is going to be supported at the most recent or former breakout area. Continuing to scroll up the notes, you can see there was nothing else that really took place for the remainder of the day. Sometimes there is, sometimes there is not. We have no choice but to take what the market provides in the way of opportunity. Pretty slick stuff, isn't it? Keeping the bull moving around the horn, now we're going to take a look at the SPY 120-minute chart. Why? Because you need to understand what this chart is really telling us. It's above all the moving averages. While it closed on top of the 20-period moving average at the end of the day, still is making a bullish pattern that will generally build energy for another push higher, in this case, to retest the highs from last week. Again, keep the ball moving. Before we move on away from the SPY or the S&P 500, I want to make mention of something we discussed last night. It's really centered around the phrase, we're looking for a top. I discussed some esoteric stuff, mainly using a square root calculation. I'm going to provide one more clue. We had some traders that are on the track. We had some traders that had some pretty good information put forth. This comes out of the cycle analysis that I've discussed before. It's certainly way more art form than it is scientific. However, once you develop the picture out of the art form, it becomes scientific. Because in this case, you may end up with something called a squaring of price and time. And the way that I've figured this out, if in fact we're going to have a squaring of price and time like i mentioned last night it's generally dead on balls accurate number one and number two it's nothing short of fascinating so while we're pretty much at the price close enough technically we've already hit the price but understand this when there's a squaring of price and time on a larger picture perspective it doesn't have to happen to the penny and it doesn't have to happen to the hour to the day so here's the clue since we've got the price under our belt what is the actual square of time that I'm looking at and essentially it's within the next two weeks the actual thing would take place not next week but the week after now remember what's to say it can't happen early What's to say the market can't turn down early? It can. It may or may not. What I'm looking at is a very, very important squaring of price and time that should happen no later than the week of, meaning the first day of the week would be January 20th. If it happens anywhere close to that, I'll uncover everything. I'll show you exactly what I was looking at. If it doesn't, then it was nonsense and we don't have to worry about it. What's doing over in Camp IWM? Well, we had some relative weakness. By the way, here's a short hop. I'm looking at the futures as I make this video. It's after the 4.15 close, but before the 6 p.m. open, 
there's another point in time when they trade. That's the point in time it is right now. You can see we're trading south away from the 32.36. What was also interesting, which I failed to mention before, was where the market closed today. After trading above 32.36 all day long, look at the closing print at 4.15, closing at 32.35 and a quarter. Is that some kind of a tip-off? Maybe it is, maybe it's not. I find it interesting, fascinating. I don't believe in coincidences. You know that. Back over in the camp IWM, we have relative weakness. We also have a market from a daily chart perspective that's in a slightly different position than the SPY. It's weaker than the SPY. Is this somewhat of a canary in the coal mine? It's my first favorite market-leading indicator. My favorite canary, as you know, is the transports, but we're going to take a close look at the IWM. We want to understand why there was relative weakness. If, in fact, the market is winding up to make new highs again, why isn't the IWM leading the way? We would want to know that as analysts. This is a puzzle piece. It's on the table. Speaking of the canary, over to the transportation department. What do we have? We have a market that essentially diverged. So we have Trick and Company, also known as the Trick, Trap, Fool, and Frustrate crew that sent the transports in the northern direction today, sent the IWM in the southern direction, and my two favorite market leading indicators are diverging from each other. Fantastic. That's right in the category of the transports look like a hot mess. We've got lower highs. We've got this wedgish bearish pattern thing looking We also have the market that's above all the moving averages. Very, very tough read. I have to take the bear approach until and unless those lower highs disappear. That means, in simple terms, until and unless we can get above and start closing above, let's just call it 11,000 for argument's sake, which would take away the fact that this is still a lower high. What am I talking about if you just showed up today? Here's a high. Here's a lower high. Here is technically another lower high. If this is breached and we find price up here, that's off the table. It's bullish. They'll likely make a run for the old highs. All that stuff we'll talk about if it takes place. Right now, I can't but help notice the lower highs and the bearish wedge pattern like this that may be starting to trickle down until and unless we get above here. So it is a little bit of a hot mess, but I still don't see anything different than we discussed last night. Moving along. How about the Qs out in Silicon Valley? The tech guys, the tech girls, both artificial and real intelligence. Anything doing in the Qs? Same deal as the SPY. Very, very narrow ranging day. And technically, there's nothing to make out of today's activity that we didn't know yesterday. Very high on the chart approaching once again from last week the old highs you may or may not be interested to know that they came up two pennies short of the old high today the high today was 216.14 the old high was 216.16 again with the accident or coincidences are there any i think not the xlf now it was down about one percent today 30 cents not that big of a deal however Back below the 20-period moving average, didn't get below yesterday's low, but that's meaningful in some aspects. Also, above the breakup candle low, which we haven't even tested yet, 
What am I discussing or what am I talking about? Right here is your breakup candle low. So technically on the daily chart, there's nothing wrong with the XLF. However, the bear case is if you get below and even begin closing hourly below this low, 30 and a quarter. And then certainly if you close below that on a daily chart, that would be cause for concern for the bulls of the XLF. Remember from the weekly chart, the fuchsia line up there, I think that's the right color, is $30.98. That represents importance on a monthly chart. We're looking at a weekly, but that's a monthly number. So at the end of December, we were very interested to see if in fact the XLF was able to close above $30.98. It did not. Can it do it in January? It can. If I'm right about the market, it won't. But it's still an important number. We need to know about it. It's a puzzle piece. It's still in the box. How about the SMH, good old Smash Mouth? This is the proxy for the Philadelphia Semiconductor Index. Again, a divergence from the IWM for certain. We were up over 1% today, $1.66 in the SMH. The Semiconductors is a great proxy for the tech space. Same routine with this market also. There's technically nothing wrong with this market. It's in an uptrend. All we had lately was a little bit of, for lack of a better term, profit-taking. What would be cause for concern? What would be the southern case? A close below, a daily close below 140. Until and unless that happens, it's just going back and forth, building energy for another move higher. That's what the chart is saying. We take it at face value until something changes. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. We take what I said before on one hand, but on the other hand, we take the market each and every day at face value. There's nothing that says the market cannot continue up for another several days or even couple of weeks. It can. We don't know if it will, but that wouldn't change anything I said before. And right here, folks, is a pretty good place to pull the ripcord in light of the fact that the market really didn't do much today. They had a very narrow trading range. But rest assured, volatility will pick up. It always does 100% of the time. Let me take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you and tell you how much I appreciate each and every one of you. Without you, these videos are not possible. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.